Welcome to Do It For The Gram and Enneagram Podcast with your host, certified Enneagram coach, Milton Stewart. And we do it for the Enneagram, not Instagram. We make moves to make our community better. Today, I'm super excited. I have an amazing guest on today. And her name is Deanna Wallace. She's an Enneagram 8. Deanna, can you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Deanna, like you just graciously introduced me. Um, I'm an eight. For the past two years, I've been a graduate student slash instructor um, at the University of Memphis teaching Spanish and also studying languages. Um, I've also been teaching young children at one of the tutoring um, slash private schools here in the city as well. Cool, 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 cool. All right, so me and Deanna, as I say on episode, we don't necessarily go back like four flats on a Cadillac, but we do go a little bit back. Uh, we actually ended up going to college together, but we didn't know each other like we do now, which is so interesting. And the reason I want to have Deanna on the show is because I have not seen anyone grow as fast working on themselves as I've seen Deanna grow. So that's why I definitely wanted her on the show for not only our Enneagram 8s, but other people who are in relationship with 8s, because I've seen her grow immensely. I've never seen someone grow so fast within a year because they did so much work within themselves, which was painful. I wish you guys could see my face right now. <laughs> which, was, which is very, very painful. Uh, but you did a whole lot of it, and I think it's uh, absolutely amazing and really good for Enneagram 8s to hear. So my uh, Enneagram teacher, Ginger, she always says the Enneagram finds you. You don't find it. So how did the Enneagram find you? Well, it was kind of like a twofold thing. Um, first, when I first moved back, relocated back to Memphis, back to my hometown, um, I was working at an accounting firm, and the girl that I worked with in the office, she had already encountered the Enneagram, and she showed it to me, and I was like, oh, wow, this is interesting. And at the same time, um, I came across the young adult group at the church that I go to, and they were already like digging hardcore in the Enneagram. They had already made their predictions about me. Like they <laughs> thought they had me figured out. I'm like, whatever, I roll. You guys don't know me, don't know my life, stop, whatever. Um, but their guesses were correct. So <laughs> I guess eights are like unmistakable. So that's how I came across the Enneagram. And I felt like when I first read the description, like someone had stabbed me in the gut. Like I couldn't breathe. I was like, who is this? How did they know me? Like they snuck in my house. Like it was just like a crazy encounter with the Enneagram. And I think from that, I was like skeptical at first, but like from that moment forward, I was like, let me see if I can use this for something. Um, And I feel like I was already in a space and open to grow just because I had some previous challenges in my life and some disappointments and failures. So I was at a low point. So I was like, okay, you you can't get any lower than this. So I was open um, and receptive to the Enneagram. And I think that's really important, especially Mm -hmm. for people who tend to types that tend to be skeptical of the Enneagram, like eights, Mm -hmm. some threes, I think. Yep. Um, Sixes. Yep. To be open and receptive to growth. Cause that's the only way you can get it, especially for stubborn people types. So, okay. So mentioning that, so how did the Enneagram impact you when you, when you finally came to the realization like, oh shoot, this kind of got me pegged? Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't really know if there's an answer to that. Mm. Like, um, first of all, I just 
had a lot of support around me, like a lot of people supporting me, a lot of people accepting me for who I was and not telling me that I was too much, not telling me that, you know, I needed to tone it down or be anything different than what I was. Um, I think also, I think there's a, there's a truth to the fact that like, you have to hit a low point sometimes in order to like be ready to right. grab on to the next thing, like mm-hmm. you're climbing up the mountain or whatever. Um, and so I think through all of those things, I kind of grew from the Enneagram. Did I answer that? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're fine. You're good. Okay. You're good. You're good. Okay. Wait, what was the question again? So the question was, how has it impacted you? Oh, impacted me. That mm-hmm. did not answer that question. Okay. <laughs> how has the Enneagram impacted me? Um, I think it's made me more empathetic, for sure. Um, the the people in the young adult group of the church that I'm part of, they almost every time we are together, they're like, Deanna, like who you were when we first <laughs> met you and who you are now is like night and day. Yo, and I'm, super raw. Like, and I mean, I was just raised to be that way. Right. Just be honest. It is what it is. And then I came into contact with a bunch of people who were very sensitive, who were like, is it how it is? <laughs> you know, so like I had to like really reevaluate how right. I was presenting truth. That right. like I believe truth to be an absolute, to be a direct thing. Like there's no gray area. And for the first time, the Enneagram showed me that like that's not true for everyone. Mm-hmm. That like truth there is absolute truth, but truth can also be relative in some instances. And I think that that was like the first key. Um, also, it taught me to like appreciate others for their differences because pre-Enneagram, I would just go around judging people, like harshly judging them. Like I'd be like, okay, this person is ridiculous. They're too emotional. Why are you crying? Grow up. Um, this is life. You need to have thick skin, blah, blah, blah. All the while, like, I guess like masking the things that I wanted to express, my sensitivities, Mm -hmm. my, my problems, my issues, the things that I was like on the inside screaming to come out. Um, but now I'm in a space where I can listen to people and be open and honest. But I think also another way that Enneagram has impacted me is that like, it's made me self-aware. I'm Mm -hmm. aware of self, but it hasn't, I haven't got to the point where, like, I know what to do with the awareness. Like, right. I think that that's, like, a lifelong journey. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to the Enneagram, just recently I started reading um, the Attachment Theory Workbook. And I realized that I'm an anxious, severely anxiously attached person, like, in relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and that correlates with the Enneagram as an eight because of my need to be in control or feel control right. and security and consistency in relationships and one thing that I didn't realize is that by demanding that someone fulfill those needs that I was actually pushing them away and I think that that was something that um that the Enneagram has really it's trying to help me rein back that need to be in control and you know the need to evaluate why I'm angry instead of just being righteously angry or not righteously angry (laughs) just angry just angry for no reason does your workplace stink because the culture sucks? Are you tired of tolerating people and wish you could all work together cohesively? Does the mere idea of going into work give you anxiety? If you said yes to any one of these, you should probably quit your job. But since you're not going to quit your job, you should contact Kaizen Careers. 
At Kaizen Careers, we are all about improving workplace performance. We use a unique tool called the Enneagram. The Enneagram helps individuals and organizations become more self-aware. That self-awareness lends into helping organizations with communication, conflict management, and leadership development, ultimately turning self-awareness into self-mastery and creating healthy workplace cultures so you can improve your services and bottom lines. Contact Kaizen Careers at K-A-I-Z-E-N-C-A-R-E-E-R-S dot com or Milton at KaizenCareers.com or give us a call at 901-334-1644. I think, um, I think that's going to help a lot of AIDS because I, I feel like in relationships that does happen to AIDS to a certain extent for sure. Like we all have our cycles, even in our relationship where we do stuff that either pushes people away or we do things that are super unhealthy for us to stay in a relationship. So I think you're hitting on a really good point for our AIDS. Um, so let's talk about, you talked about, um, it gave you the ability to be more empathetic. So let's talk about the, the word that really came up with the Enneagram for AIDS, and that's vulnerability. So <laughs> she just took a huge deep breath. So how has um, the Enneagram and vulnerability like really helped you? Um, I was always like a very, because I'm a super honest person, I was always like open to share experiences Mm -hmm. and share input. And so because of that, people mistook that for vulnerability. And one thing that I learned, I was like, vulnerability isn't something that you necessarily do. Vulnerability is something that happens to you as a result of growth and openness. Like vulnerability falls into your lap. Like there are some instances that you have to be intentionally vulnerable and express how you feel but a lot of times like vulnerability comes to us like in situations and a lot of times we run from it um so being vulnerable for me has been like being uncomfortable with the emotions that I feel so it's like pre-enneagram I didn't really address when I was frustrated or when I had anxiety or when I was sad about something or when I was even feeling depressed or down I was just like whatever this is fine you know but now um, I'm vulnerable enough to like reach out to people and say and actually say specifically how I feel and like cry in front of people. Um, I've always been a big crier, but like not crying for the right things, just like crying to just blow off steam. But like when I cry now, it's like I'm expressing something that I feel that is valid, that is calculated. Um, and I think, yeah, that. That pretty much sums it up. I yeah. might have more to add later. Yeah. Let me think about it. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So what would you say is the best part about being uh, Enneagram 8? Um, I think that there's a sense of like fearlessness mm-hmm. that 8s. Do you talk a lot about like instinctual variants? Drop it like it's hot. Okay. I need to hear it. So, um, I think because I'm more of a one-to-one or a sexual type on mm-hmm. the instinctual variant that like, I am more fearless. Um, it doesn't mean that I'm not afraid. Like mm-hmm. there's a difference. Um, and I think that there's like, um, I don't care. I really truly don't 
care or hold a lot of weight, I'll put it like a marker in that because I will tell you guys one instance where I care about what people think about me. Right. But generally, I do not. And because of that, I'm like fearless in everything I do. People are like, oh, how do you just like get in front of people? And like, how do you do all these presentations in foreign languages? Like, how do you get up? And like, how are you so outspoken? And I'm like, the majority of the time, I'm like, scared to death mm -hmm. like I'm sweating I'm like <laughs> you can see the armpit sweat dripping everything just gross but like in my mind somehow I don't know I think this is just a natural thing that I've told myself like if you don't do this you'll never do it right and so I think that there's like this internal drive in eights and a fearlessness that like pushes us to do things that other people would not do and I think that that is one of the best qualities of eights that like we're fearless to a fault um but fearless to take on things and to be champions for for other people and for ourselves. I think that that's one of the most important things as well. Yeah, I think of like courageous. Yeah. Like it's like, yeah, I'm still afraid, but I'm still pushing forward. I'm still moving forward. I'm still going to do it. This is not stopping me. That feeling of fear is not going to stop me. So let's flip that. Let's talk about what is the hardest struggle for you as an Enneagram 8? Um... I never realized the extent to which, like, people say that eights don't want to necessarily control others. They just want to be in control of their environment. But I don't necessarily agree with that. Mm -hmm. Because in order to be in control of your environment, you have to have a certain amount of control over others that are a part of your environment. Um, not necessarily that we want to tell people to do and how it, we, we want them to do it. But when they're in our circle, in right. our space, like, we want them to do things our way. And I never realized the extent to which I based the value of my relationships on what other people did for me that I told them to do. Or like what I demanded of people right. by being domineering or aggressive or abrasive. Like what I was demanding of them and what how I was trying to control them. And so I think that that is one fault of eights that like we don't, we're often unaware of how we try to control others. And that takes me back to the, you know, um, how I was saying before, the anxious attachment that like we're afraid that people won't be consistent and won't show up. Mm -hmm. So we demand them to be consistent. We demand them to show up and then they don't show up and we get disappointed and we're cynical about the whole world and about everyone. Oh. Um, so that's one fault. And I still don't know what to do with that. Like I struggle with even today, like me and my sister were hanging out, I was trying to give her some feedback. You know, and I was just like, okay, Diana, you're actually trying to, like, control the situation. Stop. <laughs> you're ridiculous. Um, but not really ridiculous. Just trying to grow. Um, and that's another thing, is that, like, as soon as I feel myself trying to, like, belittle who I am as a person, whether it's negative or positive, I always have to, like, reinforce that with something negative. So, not ridiculous. Right. Just growing. Um, but, yeah, I think the extent to which we try to control our environment and others is a major fault. Okay. And so kind of along those lines, I think this is important for especially people who aren't eights to hear. What do you think is the biggest misunderstanding people have of eights? I think that we, there's a lot. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. But, um, I think one of the big ones is that like, we don't have feelings or like we don't need someone to check in on us or to like, I think other people expect us to like help everyone else and have all the answers for everyone else. But like 
a lot of times no one has answers for us or no one mm-hmm. likes checking in. And I think that's like a misconception that like eights don't need anyone. Everyone needs community um, to survive. Um, I think also that like people think that they mistake our truthfulness for like bluntness or meanness. Um, a lot of times we will withhold truth if we feel the person isn't worthy of it. Um, so if we are honest with you in that space, that means like you hold a lot of weight in our life and that we care about you. So no matter how, like I have also modified the ways in which I tell truth to people. It's not as harsh anymore because I try to like really see that person and not make it about me. Um, when I tell truth, um, also just like this, like aggressive aspect, I think people mistake eights are very intense, Mm -hmm. um, and very passionate about almost everything. Like me and one of my other friends who's an eight, we have strong opinions about everything. And people are like, how do you have an opinion about everything? <laughs> I don't have an opinion about everything, but most things. And I'm really passionate about the things that I care about. Yeah. And people get really taken aback by that passion. like, And they see it as like aggressiveness or abrasive or domineering. But really for me, it's just like I'm passionate about yeah. every, almost everything in my life. I have an intense emotion. Um and a lot of that isn't even rooted in anger. It's just rooted in my humanity of wanting things to be just and right in the world. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Because it's either you're passionate about it or it doesn't matter. Right. Okay. There's no yeah. gray area okay. for me. I'll be like, eh, I don't care. Or yeah. I'll be like, this is important and this is why you should listen. Here's my five-point thesis. Here we go. <laughs> so, when – so, eights somatically, um, they're a somatic type. Um, when something is wrong, can you talk about how it feels in your body when something is wrong or there's a, something, there's a disagreement or, uh, something is frustrating you. Can you explain how that physically feels in your body? Because I want people to understand, like, there is literally somatic things going on when something is wrong and I feel something is wrong stuff is going on. Can you explain it? Yeah. Um, pre-Enneagram, I will say when something was wrong or I was angry, I would feel it over my entire body. Mm. It was like a fire had set, set off in my body. And I, it was kind of crazy that like a lot of times when I was lacking motivation, that anger or like those feelings that something was wrong, like kind of propelled me. It was like almost like a drug to be angry and I was super productive. So instead of addressing how I felt, I just used that like fire. I suppressed it and used it to like get work done. Um, post Enneagram, it's like I I feel it sometimes in my chest. A lot of times like in my stomach, it's like right there nice. just like coming. I think it's like a progression of like from my stomach through my chest to my head that like when things are wrong. And I think another thing is that like, I can't let it go until it's addressed. Like I'm Mm. such an outwardly expressing person. A lot of people, I have a friend um, who's a seven and she's always like, I just need to be alone and I need to meditate and be mindful. And I was like, no, I need to like outwardly express how I feel or it will never be right. And like come up with a solution. Um, I think that's like the, it's not, confrontational but not even in a negative way just like i want to address the problem and solve it and then i can be at peace so there's a part of eights that like are not at peace when there's any conflict in their life that like 
And for that reason, I don't really have a lot of conflict. So if someone has a problem with me, <laughs> most of the time it's their problem. I'm unaware right. of it completely <laughs> because I address things immediately when I have problems. Hopefully you have found some value in this podcast episode. You can help to keep this podcast going by supporting us on Patreon.com. Patreon.com is a site where you can support content providers. Podcasts are free to listeners, but not free for creators. It actually costs money and definitely time to produce consistent and weekly podcasts. I podcast because I want to reach people and change our community through the Enneagram. If you want to help in that by supporting me, you can go to patreon.com forward slash do it for the gram. That is P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash do it for the gram. I think that's I think that's super important to understand. And that has helped me immensely um, working at the school I work at because when we have um, students who are Enneagram 8s and no, you're not supposed to type kids and obviously I don't type them, but there are some markers sometimes you're like, that baby is an eight. Yeah. And when they get frustrated and they are spouting out and they are frustrated and it's coming out, one thing I'm able to do is I'm able to hold space for them to be like, okay, get that out. All right. So now once you've got that out, let's talk about this and let's talk about how we can like actually next time maybe do something different so that we don't get the same outcome instead of just saying, oh, they're in trouble. They're bad. Right. Oh, you're this, you're that type of deal. Right. Um, and especially for our um, black girls oh, who yeah. right because like and even for any woman who's an eight to be honest because a lot of times our society is so driven on like women not being like strong being dominant being straightforward i mean hitting you between the eyes with the words and things they're saying so um i think it's super important when like i was learning the enneagram to find like to understand the enneagram eight and when i understand that like inside when something's wrong you physically physically have like issues with that it's like mm-mm, you know like that's not okay that makes me understand so much more why when something's wrong with eight has to get it out because if yeah. they don't if they repress that feeling what happens we go into a very deep dark place right it's so dark there you can't you don't need to be there um i think there's two things like being a woman and then like being a black woman mm -hmm. as an eight because there's, like, all these things as a woman that you're told that, like, you have to be, you know, docile and sweet and submissive. And as a black woman, like, you can't be too black. You can't be too angry. You know, um, you can't be too vocal about oppression. You can't be too angry at other non-black people, right? Um, so there's, like, this double whammy of, like, misunderstanding, like, you know, um, and so I think also the Enneagram is a great tool for leaning into misunderstanding, leaning into discomfort, because I don't think this is discomfort that goes away. So by better understanding yourself, you better understand the world around you and you have more tools to handle these things. So like pre-Enneagram, I used to struggle hardcore with all the things of the world that made me upset, all the the ways that I was told that like as a woman or as a black person that I was too much or not enough or I needed to change, um, I would fight everyone mm -hmm. for everything. Right. And once I got really got deep into the Enneagram, I decided to save my energy. So I'm like Ooh, in yes. a space where like this is I, perfect. Yes. I in a space where I'm like is this worth my energy? No. Mm -hmm. And I let it go. So I don't engage with people 
that I know really won't benefit from it. And I think that's a tremendous tool for eights um, to learn to slow down and to conserve your energy because um, then you realize so many things about yourself. Like I've realized so many things about myself just from slowing down. Right. From not, it's easy to be angry because when you're angry, you're on the go, you're moving, you know, fast paced. But when you slow down and decide not to be angry, you're like, wow, I'm not really angry. I'm disappointed. Wow, I'm not really angry. I'm actually extremely sad. Wow, I'm not angry. Like this is something that has been haunting me since I was a kid. Right. Let me address this. And so um, I think all of those things are super important um, when you dig deep. And I was talking to a friend earlier about like the importance of being comfortable with being comfortable. Like there's a space right there where growth happens, right? right? So like at first with Enneagram, super uncomfortable with, with the idea of like my need for control and that I was you know, aggressive, domineering, blah, blah, blah. And once I got okay with like, okay, these are bad things, I was able to lean into all the good things. And there was a, a little space right there where I was able to grow and learn and to turn some of those negative things into a positive. Yeah, I agree. Um, I see you a lot of times, the, just the difference of you being able to, and eights are protectors. They are like defenders. And especially people who... Um, either society has deemed them as outcast or weak. Eights are like super protectors. And I see you do that for quite a few people, which I think is absolutely amazing. Um, you hit on energy. Let's talk about the eights energy because eights have the most energy out of any type on the Enneagram. Now there's pros and cons to this. So can you speak on the pros and cons of like the amount of energy that you have? I think my energy is like, um, I'm really ambitious, mm -hmm. so like I always have the next thing to do. Right. I'm like, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna get my PhD, I'm moving to Europe, I'm doing this program, I'm gonna do this, like I'm gonna, you know, make my own TED talk. I'm gonna right. do like I have all these things in the works and books and lists and oh there it goes. You know, books and lists of things that I'm gonna do. Um, and so that's really great because I'm ambitious and I have goals, so I'm really goal oriented. Um, but lately I've, cause I literally have like, I'll say I have like three and a half jobs, really four that like, <laughs> Facts. I, I've like <laughs> taken that energy and taken my need to like save money and make money and use that energy for good. But also I've realized points where like I push it too far. Mm. And I think one thing about eights and their energy is that like, it's really hard for us to know when we've gone too far until we reach complete burnout mode. And so like, that's a major con. And I think um, one thing that I'm really struggling with, but I'm working on is right. like yoga and mindfulness to really like put me in a place of like reflecting on things that I'm worried about or thinking about towards the future, but like reminding myself to be present. So like I was talking to a friend earlier at breakfast this morning and she was just talking about how she couldn't do yoga because her mind is always going, going, going. And I was like, that is the point. Yeah. So. The premise is, is that like when you're in this space on your mat, trying to be mindful that like your mind will continue to go, go, go. That like every time you just give yourself a gentle reminder, okay, we're at yoga today. I'm gonna be present. My intention, I'm gonna be mindful. I'm gonna be at peace. 
and then 10, 10 seconds later, your mind's gonna go back to whatever you were thinking about, right? So it's, it turns into a discipline, a practice yeah. that you remind yourself to stay present and stay focused. And then once you have trained yourself to be present, um, which I'm not great at, to be honest. Um, I'm working on it too. Yeah. <laughs> you begin to do little things like, okay, this made me angry for a week because I argued with someone who had no intention of understanding my perspective. Um, I won't do that anymore. I'll save my energy to work on something that matters to help someone who wants to be helped. And I think just like little changes like that over the course of your life um, make a tre tremendous difference. Definitely. So if you had one piece of advice for an Enneagram 8 who was um, struggling right now, what would it be? Just one. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you give me many as you can. Okay. Um, number one, go to therapy. Ooh, yes. Go to therapy. Go talk to someone. I think eights, I know a lot of eights who don't know their eights, but I know their eights. Mm -hmm. And they really somewhere, some down somewhere down the line, it was beat into them or by circumstance they had to learn to fend for themselves and not not show emotion, have to be strong, have to be go getters, have to push not to need anything or anyone to talk with or you know so I think a tremendous tool for eights who are not in a big place like a big step for an eight would be to go to therapy um I think also and this is something that I'm making like time um with for myself is like at least an hour to a day is dedicated to myself so if that's just like meditating doing yoga taking a walk um, just sitting in silence, turn your phone off, no social media, just like whatever you can do to just sit with yourself and be alone and just like be comfortable with being and not thinking of things. Just be like, okay, I'm in this moment. Let me notice the trees. Let me notice the birds, you know, um, that would, so therapy, mindfulness, one to two hours to take for yourself, um, surrounding yourself with people who actually care about your energy mm -hmm. um, and that they reciprocate something. I think people mistake a lot of times like the need for relationships to be two-sided as like some of this transactional thing that like people just want people who benefit them. But like there's a lot to be said to having a group of people who really understand you and who feed you and, and breathe life into you and speak life into you versus people who don't understand who aren't on that wavelength. So it's really important to have a community of people who match your energy. And just like the vulnerability aspect, like don't think that you can do things by yourself. I think like eights are really like, like really hell bent on just like being self-reliant mm -hmm. and I, you know, I don't need nobody mm -hmm. kind of thing. But for me, one really good tool of growth for me has been to lean on people hardcore and to like lean on them and for them to show up for me has showed me that like I can actually depend on people. Right. And that's been a, a real tremendous, you know, uh, tool for growth for me because it's caused me to be less cynical and more open and honest and loving. So, yeah. yeah. Mm. So, so any last things before you go? Uh, any last comments? Any last how people can reach you if you want them to reach you? Anything like that? 
Ooh, reach me. Um, because you do have this amazing article on Do It For The Gram Podcast dot com. Oh yeah, you has an amazing out. article. Yeah, you should check that out. It's really short, so if you're like one of those people, with low, you know, short attention span, just check it out. It's on Do It For The Gram Podcast dot com. Um, also, you can reach me. Um, my Instagram is D Wall Baby. I know it's just super immature, right? Okay, but anyways. D E E underscore W A L L underscore baby. B A B Y. I made it when I was like, I don't know, really young. So don't judge me. Maybe I'll change it one day. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think some parting words for you guys. I don't know, just be uncomfortable or comfortable with discomfort. I think that that's really a key to growth. Like whether you like really dig into the Enneagram deep or not, like doing the things when you feel that discomfort, because we all feel it to like lean into those things. And right there, there's a little, a little, you know, like hole right there. And that's where growth is. And I think that that's something that everyone can carry with them going forward. But yeah, I'm really thankful to Milton for having me Thank you. and letting me share my thoughts and my growth. Um, it's really been a great experience. And yeah. thanks Milton. Uh, thank you um so that's all i have for this episode thank you so much for listening please rate subscribe and share that is rate which helps others find the show subscribe so you can get the latest and greatest episodes and share if you feel this information can benefit someone you know um if you need personal life coaching or career coaching based in the enneagram i do that through my organization kaizen careers coaching and consulting llc you can contact kaizen at kaizencareers.com or milton at kaizencareers.com or you can give a call at 901-334-1644. Also, if you would like to be a patron supporter, you can go to patreon.com forward slash do it for the grand podcast. Uh, the page community has more access to exclusive content, merchandise, and input into the podcast. Podcasting is not free for podcasters, though it is free for listeners. And so I want to continue to make um, and create valuable content. And so you can definitely help and be a supporter at patreon.com forward slash do it for the gram podcast. Also, if you're in the Memphis area and you're looking for Enneagram community, I am developing one. It's called Enneagram 901. We have a Facebook page. You can go ahead and sign up there um, and join because we're going to have different events and we're going to get this Enneagram thing started in Memphis. Uh, last thing, uh, if you go to doitforthegrandpodcast.com and subscribe, you will receive a free gift. It is a PDF of each number. You can also read some really good blog posts, just like the one that Deanna just talked about. She wrote a amazing blog post um, that's got a lot of people who've read it um, responding back and saying, thank you so much. I love it. It has touched me. I feel understood. I feel seen. Um, so definitely check that out on doitforthegrandpodcast.com um, under the blog part. And... Um, if you're feeling extremely aggressive and that you want to do something crazy and something that's too intense for you, stop, pause, think about the Enneagram, and do it for the gram. The Enneagram, of course. We'll see you soon. Bye. <laughs>